Hello, welcome to Tay2Z, where we chat about every Taylor Swift song in alphabetical order. I'm Devin. And I'm Gab, and we will be your hosts on this journey. In our last episode, we talked about Lover from Lover. Lover. And today, we are discussing our first M song. We're on to the M. New letters. The 13th letter. Pretty cool. Who and our 98th episode, which is just nuts. And the 13th letter, that's halfway through the alphabet. Not halfway through our songs, but halfway through the alphabet. Yeah, but halfway through the alphabet. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Yeah. And that song is Mad Woman from Folklore. Mm. Mad Woman is the 12th track on Folklore. Folklore was released on July 24th, 2020, and this song was co-written by our guy, Aaron Dessner. Our guy. Madwoman has yet to be played live. However, it was played on the Long Pond Studio documentary, which is a great performance by her. Fantastic. The choices she makes about when she looks directly at the camera Ugh. during this song are amazing. She's like, wants mm. the camera to know I'm mm-hmm. pointing this at someone. Yes. Oh, it's so good. Yes. It's just like, you can feel the anger in that performance mm-hmm. too. And she's just like sitting there and she's letting it all out. I love it. Oh, it's so good. So, Devin, yes. what do you think about Mad Woman? It is so atmospheric. Mm. I feel like on this album especially, there's a lot of that kind of whimsical, dark mm-hmm. atmosphere. More on Evermore, though. Yeah, because um, it's very an Aaron trope. Very Aaron. His production is easily distinguished on these tracks. Yeah, It's very interesting to like hear the differences between his songs and Jack's. Yeah. And then the ones that just Taylor has done. And they each have their own vocabulary, mm. which makes this, obviously, the song starts and you immediately know Aaron Destner had a hand in this oh, yeah. because of the, the feel and the vibe of it. I love this intro. I love the super quick guitar picking that happens. Mm. <laughs> and the piano motif throughout the whole song is is really interesting, the, too. Mm-hmm. I like it. And how it, it kind of changes between major and minor throughout the whole song. Kind of gives me um, Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time vibes. <laughs> classic yeah it's similar we talk about ocarina of time a lot a lot well i mean it's best game of all time for those who don't know devin is referring to a video game yes zelda ocarina of time one of the best video games of all time video game maybe the best video game of all time never fully finished it myself but watched my brother play the whole thing multiple times i have (laughs) i have played also played it multiple times shout out we digress back to the back to the song we digress I remember us listening to Folklore back in the first couple of weeks of Mm. its release, and I loved the way that that one Reddit post figured out to listen to it in Mm -hmm. the terms of, like, the the triangle, the lab triangle, and then Rebecca Harkness, and and all this stuff. And and I loved listening to this song in regards to Rebecca. As if it's Rebecca's song. Yeah, singing it. Or that, you know, it's a shame she went mad. You know, which is also what they say in the Last Great American Dynasty mm-hmm. is, you know, it's a, this mad, crazy woman came to town yeah. and it's a shame. I still remember that experience of listening to it in mm-hmm. that way. And, and that was really fun. We'll maybe repost that again this week. Now we know this is definitely not about Rebecca Harkness. And it, it kind of can fit 
that mm-hmm. narrative because it talks about the wife and you know the being a kind and doing wife and wishing that she could be a mad woman and well there's a lot of similar themes and also like outsiders how they're reacting to yeah a woman that is deemed mad or crazy right yeah you can really hear the pain and anger in taylor's voice in the song and yet she still maintains that airy folklore quality, mm-hmm. which is very, it's that storytelling, f- f- yeah, fable, fairy tale esque kind of thing. Yeah. I think that's another reason why this wasn't very apparent to be autobiographical at, mm-hmm. the, at the beginning, because so many of these songs on this album were fictional. And mm-hmm. I think that this is a more mature version of The Man from Lover. I I think think that that obviously they have very similar sentiments. Mm -hmm. This song really accentuates the double standards of the world when it comes to men and women. No one likes a mad woman. You made her like that. Mm -hmm. Like, of course, Taylor is going to bite back at you if you instigate something. Like, and just because she's a woman, what, what the heck? Like that, that, that shouldn't matter. Like there shouldn't be a double standard. Men get angry all the time and they never get penalized for it. Mm hmm. It's not ladylike if you get mad. That doesn't look good on you if you're angry, if you, you're like, a woman. You, like, become the villain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really love the line, though, but women hunt witches, too. Because that is so true. Mm-hmm. Women can be just as terrible to other women. Obviously, Taylor has had some women in her life who have really hurt her. Mm-hmm. And I just like that line being in here because it shows that she acknowledges that everyone can make you mad. Well, and also that when we live in a patriarchal society, it actually, it affects all of us, women included. Like we all subscribe to those things as well, because that's kind of like how we were programmed in a patriarchal society. Yeah. Yeah. Overall, I don't seek this song out. I have a lot of other songs on folklore that I listen to quite a bit more. Mm Mm-hmm. I think that this is actually one of the least played songs of folklore for me. Yeah. I'll have to go back and check my Spotify, but I respect it and I know how much it means to both her and to the fandom. And I am really glad that she wrote this because I feel like this is a really cathartic piece for her to be able to sing this and get these thoughts out because she obviously needed to. Mm -hmm. So Gab, what do you think about this song? I really like Taylor Anger. Mm. I think it's like a grown-up Taylor song. I think you actually kind of said that. It's, you know, it's no longer about being petty. It's just this true anger that, you know, built over time coming out in a song. Mm -hmm. So it's definitely, I think, cathartic for her. And I like that she's exploring this idea because it's not something that she's done a ton in her discography. Yeah. Like there's some pettiness or some like anger at ex-boyfriends, but this is more like deep-seated. Like, mm. And I, I think it's important. And I like that it, this song explores that idea. I also, I love that piano motif Erin has written in the song. And I just, I love how her voice sounds. I mean, on this whole record, but... Like, in this song particularly, you just, like, feel the darkness and anger in her voice. Yeah. But yet it has that smooth folklore feel. It's, yeah, you, I guess you described it as airy, and I, I, I agree with that. Yeah. You know, I think that this song is really great to sing along to and get some of your own feelings out. I definitely have done that a time or two. Mm-hmm. I think there are really fantastic lyrical gems and, like, pointed lyrics that I will talk about later in Relate and in Gossip Gab, but... 
I think the way Taylor expresses this idea of women not being allowed to respond or feel anger Mm. is very, like, it's clear, it's relatable, like, you understand the song, even if you don't understand maybe what's making her feel this Mm. way. Mm -hmm. And it's, yeah, it's widely relatable. I'll talk about that shortly. I also just love witchy vibes. I think I've talked about that before. Yeah. I like witchy vibes. I'm all about witch energy, like, (laughs) you know. You you probably (laughs) wake me the witch. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you might be a witch. We don't know. We never got our Hogwarts letter. Really? I, I, I wish I could tap into some of that magic. So if I could apparate, my life Apparating would be literally <laughs> would change the world. Yes. So, Devin, <laughs> how do you relate to Mad Woman? So I don't relate to Mad Woman. I will say, though, that I know that I do not like making Gab mad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it never ends well for me. Mm-mm. End of story. <laughs> doesn't happen a lot. It doesn't happen a lot, but when it does, uh, yeah, it's not It's not great. <laughs> um, and that line, no one likes a mad woman, can be attributed to that. <laughs> because I don't like it when Gab's mad at me. <laughs> Fair. I like Gab mad at some stuff. Like, mm. seeing, you know, seeing your anger and seeing you passionate about stuff is is really cool especially when like I'm angry about it too mm-hmm. and we can be both jointly angry about something. Mm-hmm. I just don't like that directed at me. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> totally fair. But like when it's directed at things that we have a mutual anger about mm-hmm. or hatred for, which we don't have really hatred, but but that's fun to like gossip and complain about things too. For sure. Do you relate to this song? This song is wildly relatable and I think it probably is for any woman who has ever been mad or has been called crazy specifically the lyrics every time you call me crazy I get more crazy what about that and when you say I seem angry I get more angry I have absolutely been called crazy in a past relationship when I was emotional and there was validity in what I was mad at my partner about it's a very easy way to shut down a woman and her feelings by calling her crazy And I think it's important to say never trust someone who says, oh, yeah, my ex was crazy or like, oh, don't worry about her. She was crazy. (laughs) I think that often when someone gets to that like height of emotions where someone would refer to them that way, there's really usually a reason and two people play a role in someone feeling that way. Most people aren't just crazy for no reason. I also think it's really important to push back at that word as a descriptor and be more specific. I don't mm. think that that really covers a way to describe people. Mm-hmm. You know, you can call situation crazy, but I think that it's not a great way to describe people and that I think you need to be more specific. So like if someone says, oh yeah, my ex was crazy, it could just be like, we had very different conflict styles and we didn't communicate ever and it led to problems. Like just be more upfront and honest about things rather than labeling someone as crazy. I don't mm-hmm. think it really helps or gets anyone any like somewhere. Yeah. And generally... If someone is acting in a way that is so heightened, there's a reason. Yeah. So that's something that's like an important, I think, disclaimer. But also, like, never, especially in an argument, tell an angry woman that she's acting crazy because it will not calm her down and will do the opposite. And we've seen that firsthand with some people in our lives. Yes. Like, just like, (laughs) that is not a good thing to do. Yeah. Like, I just want to encourage all of you to push back using this word crazy because what does it really mean? Yeah. But yeah, so I definitely relate to Mad Woman for certain, and I'm sure a lot of um, women do. Of course. Well, now we get to the segment of... Gossip. 
In the Long Pond Studio sessions on Disney+, Plus, Taylor said, Mad Woman, the first time I heard that piano thing you had written, I just felt like it's got these ominous strings under it, and I just thought, oh, this is female rage. Hmm. This is a song about female rage. It has to be. I have to figure out how to make this about female rage. And then I was thinking, the most rage-provoking element of being a female is the gaslighting that happens when you know for centuries we've just been expected to absorb male behavior silently, silent absorption of what any guy decides to do. And oftentimes when we, in our enlightened state, in our emboldened state now, respond to that male behavior or somebody doing something that was absolutely out of line and we respond, that response is treated like the offense itself. Mm -hmm. You know, there's been situations with someone who has been very guilty of this in my life and this person who makes me feel or tries to make me feel like I'm the offender by having any kind of defensive to his offenses. It's like, oh, I have absolutely no right to respond or I'm crazy. I have absolutely no right to respond or I'm angry. I have no right to respond or I'm out of line. Mm. Which is just such a powerful quote and so cool seeing like how far Taylor's come in understanding society, understanding what it feels like to be a woman, like understanding her power. And that especially that line, when someone responds to an offense, the response itself is treated like Mm -hmm. the offense. I think that's fascinating. Yeah, that happens so much. All the time, especially in, like, media. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, why are you getting angry? So I believe that Mad Woman is about Scott Borchetta and Scooter Braun and the selling of Taylor's Masters. Since it's been a little while since we went over the details of the selling of Taylor's Masters, I'm going to give a little refresher. Okay. So Scott Borchetta started a small independent music label called Big Machine Records after seeing Taylor perform in 2004. He signed her as his first client in 2005. Taylor created six albums for Big Machine Records from her debut album to Reputation. When Taylor's record contract with Big Machine was up in late 2018, she and Big Machine amicably split and Taylor signed a new deal with Universal Music Group. Both she and Scott issued positive statements about their time together. Then, in June 2019, Scott sold Taylor's Masters to Ithaca Holdings Group, a group owned by celebrity manager Scooter Braun. Taylor released the following statement when this occurred. For years, I asked, pleaded for a chance to own my own work. Instead, I was given an opportunity to sign back up to Big Machine Records and earn one album back at a time for every new one I turned in. I walked away because I knew once I signed that contract, Scott Bruschetta would sell the label, thereby selling me and my future. I had to make the excruciating choice to leave behind my past. Music I wrote on my bedroom floor and videos I dreamed up and paid for from the money I earned playing in bars, then clubs, then arenas, then stadiums. Some fun facts about today's news. I learned about Scooter Braun's purchase of my master's as it was announced to the world. All I could think about was the incessant manipulative bullying I've received at his hands for years. Like when Kim Kardashian orchestrated an illegally recorded snippet of a phone call to be leaked and then Scooter got his two clients together to bully me online about it. Or when his client, Kanye West, organized a revenge porn music video, which strips my body naked. Now Scooter has stripped me of my life's work that I wasn't given an opportunity to buy. Essentially, my musical legacy is about to lie in the hands of someone who tried to dismantle it. 
this is my worst case scenario. This is what happens when you sign a deal at 15 to someone for whom the term loyalty is clearly just a contractual concept. And when the man says music has value, he means its value is beholden to men who had no part in creating it. When I left my masters in Scott's hands, I made peace with the fact that eventually he would sell them. Never in my worst nightmares did I imagine the buyer would be Scooter. Any time Scott Borchetta has heard the word Scooter Braun escape my lips, it was when I was either crying or trying not to. He knew what he was doing. They both did. Controlling a woman who didn't want to be associated with them. In perpetuity. That means forever. Thankfully, I am now signed to a label that believes I should own anything I create. Thankfully, I left my past in Scott's hands and not my future. And hopefully, young artists or kids with musical dreams will read this and learn about how to better protect themselves in a negotiation. You deserve to own the art you make. I will always be proud of my past work. But for a healthier option, Lover will be out August 23rd. Sad and grossed out, Taylor. So this was right when she had learned about Mm -hmm. the selling and then Lover was going to be coming out. Ugh. So some lyrics in Mad Woman that seem to point to this issue specifically and this statement are, What did you think I'd say to that? Does a scorpion sting when fighting back? They strike to kill and you know I will. You know I will. Mm -hmm. So that's like in regards to her statement. Like they sold her masters. They expected her what? To not say anything? She says, another lyric is, Now I breathe flames each time I talk. My cannons all firing at your yacht. They say move on, but you know I won't. Mm. And this specific lyric seems to be pointing to pictures that Scooter posted of a yacht trip that he took with his friends, including Taylor's former best friend, Carly Kloss. Mm. Also, this idea of moving on, you know, like, we kind of talked about this in our closure episode, but, like, you get to decide when you move on for something. And if you always want to hold on to it and never fully move on, that's okay. Mm -hmm. This is something that was extremely painful in her life. This was her life's work. So she did not have to move on. And it's okay for her to be angry. Yeah. And also, it's really cool that what she's doing is retaliating by re-recording her masters as she's legally has the right to do. Yeah. And I also know that she's inspired a lot of artists. We've, like, talked about it throughout this podcast to do the same. I think that this is an instance where she does not need to move on. Yeah. I think that she does not need to forgive or forget this because Mm -hmm. why should she? Yeah. And I think it's important that she talked about it. And I know like artists have said, like Olivia Rodrigo said she owns her own masters because she was inspired by like what Taylor Swift did. And I've heard other artists talking about this as well. Yeah. The lyric, and women like hunting witches too, doing your dirtiest work for you. It's obvious that wanting me dead has really brought you two together. (laughs) I believe that this points to the statement that Braun's wife, Yael, posted in response to Taylor's Tumblr post, calling Taylor a bully and that's, and saying that Scooter has always championed Taylor behind closed mm, doors. Of course. Like, she has such... Her statement in retaliation was full of such vitriol towards Taylor. And that's the whole idea of what Taylor was saying, is, like, by her making this statement, that was the news. Yeah. Taylor fires back. She's a villain. She's mm-hmm. evil. How dare she do this? How dare she ruin his life? And it's like... She was just stating, like, this is how I feel. Yeah. Because this happened to me. I'm not going to just be silent about it. Yeah. So then the lyric, the master of spin has a couple side flings. Good wives always know. She should be mad. Should be scathing like me. I think this also seems to point to Scooter and his marriage. And though the direct connection in this lyric seems to call out infidelity, I also think it could be a call out of shady business dealings. Mm. But it is also worth noting that Scooter and his wife filed for divorce in July 2021. Hmm. So she was like all defending him everything against this, but 
Mm. Who knows what yeah. really went down there. Just an interesting point. A bit of gossip. <laughs> I am gossip, yeah. <laughs> After all this terrible press, Scooter Braun sold Taylor's Masters in November 2020 to an investment company, but he still profits from them. Hence, Taylor has started re-recording her entire back catalog and so far has re-recorded Fearless and Red. And hopefully, speak now in 1989 soon. Soon! Mad Woman is the first song that Taylor ever says the word fuck in, mm. with the iconic lyric, fuck you forever, mm. which is just a absolutely mm. fantastic lyric. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's the anger right there, distilled, you know? Oh, yeah. About this song, Aaron Dessner told Rolling Stone that in terms of sound, he thinks this song runs parallel to Cardigan and Seven. He explained... Hmm. I do have a way of playing piano where it's very melodic and emotional, but then often it's great if whoever's singing doesn't sing exactly what's in the piano melody, but maybe it's connected in some way. There was just some chemistry happening with her and how she was relating to those ideas. He considers this to be folklore's goth song (laughs) and explained to Vulture, it has a darkness that I think is cathartic, sort of witch hunting and gaslighting and maybe bullying. Sometimes you become the person people try to pin you into a corner to be, which is not really fair. Wow. Yeah, I love it. Wow, we nailed all of these things and what we thought of it. Yeah, pretty good. Without me knowing these quotes. Yeah, you didn't know these quotes. Wow. Yeah. Though I definitely think this song is inspired and references Taylor's real-life events, and she also mentioned that in the Long Pond Studio session. It's clearly a commentary about how women are treated as a whole Mm -hmm. in a misogynistic society, and, you know, how women aren't allowed to be mad or respond. They'll get villainized for it. Yeah. And I think in a lot of the articles about this whole situation, like, people agreed that the selling of the Masters was, like, a bad thing, but they were, like, either like get over it or like that's business. And like, it was very much more like Taylor was the villain. Right. And they were saying that she like weaponized her fandom towards Scooter Braun. And like, I don't agree in internet bullying, even if like, you know, Taylor says something, I don't believe in like going to someone's page and putting hate. Like that's just not my vibe. But like, all she did was respond to how she was feeling. And I think she absolutely had a right to do that. And I don't think it like made her the bully. Like, Scooter could do that, and no one cared about what happened in 2016. Right. You know? In 2020, Kanye West also was having issues with not being able to own his masters outright. So everything just is cyclical. Yep. But I think she's raised so much awareness for this that a lot of artists now are making different choices, which is very huge and important. And also, artists should have always owned their own work, you know? But that hasn't, that's rarely ever been the case. I know. So, Devin. Yeah. What's your favorite line in Mad Woman? I, I love a lot of the lyrics in this song, but the now I breathe fire each time I talk, my cannons all firing at your yacht. Mm-hmm. This is very, very cool and really plays into the storytelling aspect. And, you know, like she's on another like uh, pirate ship or something, <laughs> you know, and she's she's like this wanted pirate and she's gonna fire her cannons at your yacht i love it (laughs) um, while you're out there you know just like drinking your wine on on a yacht (laughs) wearing your stupid boat shoes Mm. tell us how you really feel (laughs) and polo interesting to that lyric is that a lot of people on reddit got daenerys vibes from this song and how they Ah. called her you know uh the mad queen Mm -hmm. and kind of what happened with her character and stuff and i could see that too and i breathe fire each time i talk Uh is very danny vibes very danny vibes yes gab what is your favorite line 
I love, I'm taking my time, taking my time, because you took everything from me, watching you climb, watching you climb over people like me. Mm-hmm. And I just love that I'm taking my time. Like, she is. She's taking her time with the re-record. She's making them perfect, very, like, calculated, making sure that she can devalue her old work. Mm-hmm. And that, like, the Taylor's version rollout is a success. And it's been going very well. And then the watching you climb over people like me is, like, other young artists. And mm-hmm. by her speaking out, helping protect those other young artists so it doesn't also happen to them. Mm-hmm. So, I really like that line. And I think... She's literally taking her time back. Like, she's taking... Oh, I like that, too. Taking her time and her music. Like, the music that she made and all of the time that it took to do that. Yeah. She's doing it, and she's taking it back. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, from 1 to 10, scorpions that sting when fighting back. You and these ratings. That's a good one. I have to look at these ratings again before. (laughs) Well, it's good. I I need help because I think I only went through M, so we've got a lot more to work on. You know, I would have just said scorpion stings. Like, you know. Well, it's just the lyrics. It's not like he has to draw scorpions that sting when fighting back. Just like a scorpion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, Peter. (laughs) I like it. I think it's so funny when they're wordy. (laughs) Super wordy. So what do you rate Mad Woman? (laughs) I'm going to give Mad Woman a four. Oh, boy. And it has nothing to do with what the song is about or what yeah. it means. Like, I am I am coming at it from, like, strictly a song mm-hmm. standpoint. Mm-hmm. And I don't jive with it. Mm-hmm. It's not my go-to. Like I said, I think it's my least played on folklore. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. I'm going to give it a four. How okay. about you? From one to ten scorpions that sting when fighting back, what do you give the song? I'm going to give it seven scorpions that sting when fighting back. Um, I really like it. I like the message. I like listening it to it when I'm angry. I won't say that, like, I listen to it on a daily basis or that often. Like, you know, it's not a song when you're like, I'm in a peppy mood, no. you know? Yeah. And we all know I love a bop. But I do. I really like this song, and I really like her tapping into her anger. For sure. Listen along with us. Check us out on Instagram at Tata Z Podcast and give us your thoughts. And remember, you can find exclusive bonus content on our Patreon at patreon.com slash Z Podcast. Also, be sure to follow or subscribe wherever you're listening to this right now. And thank you, as always, to our patrons on Patreon. You are the absolute best. Thank you so much. Well, next episode, we'll be covering Marjorie from Evermore. Come hang with us. I'm Devin. And I'm Gap. This has been Tata Z. Thanks for listening. See you next time. 